We are on page U Dalet. I've got back introduction to the Rambam. Achamarti ani elibi, but I told myself in my heart, Sifro zeshel Rabbeinu Hagadol halonichtav b'lishon Hakodesh. This book of our great Rabbi the Rambam was written in lishon Hakodesh in Hebrew. You should know it's a mistake. Those who think that Hebrew is not lishon Hakodesh, lishon Hakodesh, the holy tongue, is Hebrew. Hebrew is lishon Hakodesh. Anything you may have heard to the contrary is uh, incorrect. It's not true. Huh? They like to say the Yiddish is. Yiddish is just bad German. I once met a Holocaust survivor. I don't know if he's still here with us anymore. And he was a former Mossad agent. And he studied in Hungary in the Satmar Yeshiva. And so I asked him if he speaks Yiddish. He says, why would I speak Yiddish? Yiddish is just bad German, bad Hebrew, and bad English. And I speak a good Hebrew, and a good German, and a good English. So why, why speak a bad version of that language? The words of Rabbeinu HaRambam are written in Hebrew, in a clear and <coughs> clear language. Reading the Rambam's Mishneh Torah is very easy, very flowing. And the handwritten writings of the Rambam in the Mishneh Torah are found everywhere. It's easy, the Chol Tzorev, for everyone who, every worksman, anybody who wants to read the Rambam's Mishneh Torah is able to go read it. But the books of the Rambam that are written in Arabic, there are not many people who know the language of Arabic well enough to understand the Rambam's other writings in Arabic. And in those Arabic writings, there are more mistakes than in the Mishneh Torah, seemingly. Therefore, I decided, and I still, in retrospect, think that it was a correct decision, to begin with the Rambam's writings that are Aravim, in Arabic. Therefore, I first began with the commentary of the Rambam, on the Mishnah, all six volumes. Moreh Nebuchim, the God of the Complex, Sefer HaMitzvot, the Book of Mitzvot. Otan mi'igrotav asher v'dautan burali ven libehen shum pikpuk. He said, and I then worked on the letters of the Rambam that are clear to me that are real letters of the Rambam. Not forgeries, not uh, other people writing in the name of the Rambam, but real, authentic letters of the Rambam. V'afosafti mashuhu d'chazi l'atztrufa. And I also added other things that were worthy of being added. Who covets Abinkra Barambam? It's another uh, book uh, that he put up. Once the Creator of the world helped me said, after I finished all of the Rambam's Arabic works, I then went to go write, deal with the writings of Rabbeinu Sadiagon, 
is one of the Geonim. But one of the giants of the Geonim. We spoke about him here. V'yachadim elen, together with all of this, lo hidarti yedim misifrei kama rishonim. I also didn't neglect a number of other rishonim that I worked on their writings. So he published seven volumes of Musadigon, all the other Ramam's writings in Arabic, and he still didn't reach the Mishneh Torah. Meaning he decided to deal with those writings first because they needed somebody like him. Whereas other people can always clarify Mishnah Torah better. They didn't need him. He wasn't, uh, that wasn't unique to him. He views this as the least of his accomplishments. It's interesting when you decide what someone's magnum opus is. Is it what they think it is or what do you think it is? Yeah. The goal which I placed before me in my work, this entire uh, project that I've taken upon myself, my goal was to publish the writings of the Mishneh Torah based on our Yemenite handwritten manuscripts. It's true. There are slight variances between even the different handwritten manuscripts. Sometimes it happens. You know, you're writing, you're copying, and it just happens. A mistake happens. It's not something you have to spend so much time on. Because it's really not such a big deal. They're t- tiny little details. An extra vav, lacking of a vav, and, and this, that. Not big deals. Nonetheless, there were times that I noted that there is a discrepancy between one manuscript and the other, but not consistently. I'm not the type, says Kapach. It's not my approach to get stuck on why it uses a word with an extra vav or not. For example, the word Yaakov, the name Yaakov. The Torah is written, Yud, Ayn. Kuf bet, and once with a vav, Yaakov. It could be written like that. Should it be written like that? Should it not be written like that? Mitzvot. Is it one vav or two vavs? Those kind of things. I didn't get stuck in one manuscript that says mitzvot or two mitzvot with one. That's already not my deal. Sometimes that I did, but not regularly. And I normally went according to the majority of manuscripts in cases where the differences were small. In general, in life, you should teach yourself that little things shouldn't get you worked up. I'm speaking to myself also. It's a good midah to have. I once asked Tarah Peretz, you know, really, so what's the difference between a taf with a dot and a taf without a dot? Shkanazim say saf and taf. Yemenites say th, like a th sound. So, why not uh, have a different pronunciation between a dot and without a dot? He looked at me and he said, Rabbi he grabbed my arm, Rabbi Teach yourself in life that little dots shouldn't distract you. Oh, wow. Now, he didn't answer my question. It wasn't an answer to the, the grammatical question I asked him. But it was an answer to a bigger question of, don't let little things distract you from the goal. You know, sometimes read it that way. General, you should know that. Not for me. Ima abdika v'agat anosach, while I was going through and sifting through the versions, it was proven to me again. I was strengthened to believe in how important this project is. 
ועד כמה הכרחי הדבר להחזיר עטרה ליושנה, and how crucial it is to return the crown to its original splendor, to bring back the Rambam, להוציא דבר מתוקן, to publish something that's, that, that's correct, that's authentic, that's fixed, ולא ללכת בדרך הכבושה אשר ליסטים קודמים כבשו אך לשון חז"ל. But yeah, look here in the small mode. Actually, it might be down here. Look on the big one. Okay. Is there one that says Eruvin, Ayn, Yud, Resh? I can't see from here. Okay, so stand in the other set. Look up here. Done? Small set on the top. Right. No, go up on the top. No, yeah. Where are the tissue boxes? No, look to the left. One more. Oh, but yeah, where are the tissue? Yeah, that's it. Down from the left, four. She's fancy, she has glasses. The fourth from the left. Perfect. אמר רבי יהושע בן חנניה, רבי יהושע דסנב חנניה עשה, מימיי מהול לייף לא ניצחני אדם, nobody ever defeated me, חוץ מאישה, ספר הוומן, תינוק, בייבי, יונג בוי, ותינוקת, and a young girl. תינוקת מה היא? What was my story with the young girl? פעם אחת הייתי מהלך בדרך, once I was walking along the road, והייתה דרך עוברת בשדה, and there was a pathway going through a field. והייתי מהלך בה, and I was walking on that path. אמרה לי תינוקת אחת, there was one girl there, תינוקת, baby, not a baby, it's a girl, probably under the age of bat mitzvah, תינוקת. ריבי, שזה רבי, לא שדה היא זו? Is that not a field that you're walking in? You're damaging someone's property. אמרתי לה, לא, דרך כבושה היא? Isn't this a road? Meaning it was a, it's a conquered path. I mean, they already, so many people walked here, that they already made it a path. אמרה לי, she said to me, ליסטים כמותך כבשועה. Robbers like you are the ones who made this path. Bandits like you. You're walking along, you see a dirt road going somewhere. It's clearly clear, you know, you're not stepping on some of these flowers. <clears throat> you're not stepping on their plants, there's a uh, path already. 
Does Rabbi, how do you walk in someone else's field? What do you mean? But it's already a, a road. I said, yeah, bandits like you made it into a road. Many people before you didn't respect that this belonged to somebody else. Just because they did it doesn't make it right. So often in life, we think that because everyone else is doing it, we can do it too. It's one of the stupidest things people tell you in the Benimidash. And how would the Rabbi know that other people... That's good. That's correct. That's why he's, he agrees with her. He gives in. Meaning she's giving him Musa. You learn a few things with the story. You learn that he took Musa from somebody who was clearly beneath his stature, that she felt comfortable giving it. It's something that she felt that rabbis would listen if somebody would say something truthful. Much unlike today. And then, in the Ben Amidash, you hear this a lot. But what do you mean? Well, who cares what Shulchan Aruch says? Nobody does it. Everybody. You look at a person, you say, so what? Who cares? Man, the books are on the shelf. They're all for decoration. The Gemara says this. Haram rules the same way. Maran rules the same way. So you don't do it. So whose problem is that? Mine? Because we're following what it says and you don't, all of a sudden, that became our problem? But how did that become religious? Galut. Exile had took its toll on the Jewish people. You know, we hung around with enough people in our exile that, that were of uh, lacking correct paths in religion and of inferior intellect. And we got influenced the same way. Judaism turned into folklore and tradition and, and filler on the roof. Embarrass, that movie embarrassing. I don't think there's anything more embarrassing than the Jewish people. But the Minhagim are stricter than the Stricter. See, that's a, that's a mistake. Stricter is not strict. If Hashem says something is okay and then you don't do it, it doesn't make you strict. It makes you stupid. So just because many people do something doesn't make it right. Now we all know that. Where you're from, as a kid, why did you do it? Well, my brother told me to. If your brother told you to jump off a bridge, would you? Most kids at that point are like, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe? But the truth is that in life, we make this mistake a lot. Says of Kapach. He realized now that it's a mistake to always just use the Rambam that everybody else uses. Just because everyone else uses it doesn't make it right. This is the reference that he's making. Because he's quoting the Zigma. He's referring here. Hamad Pisim this is the printed editions of the Rambam, like I mentioned to the other Shio, are just photocopies of the same mistakes of previous editions. How many times do the commentaries get stuck trying to work out words of our rabbis arguing back and forth? So just when you look at the correct version of the Rambam, you realize that all of those arguments and all those commentaries and all the good answers they gave are useless. Because there was no contradiction in the first place. So I won't hold back here from sharing with you a truthful teaching of one of the Chachamim of Yemen. The elders. Who Hayaomer, he would say, the words of the Rambam don't require any answering. You don't have to justify or answer for the Rambam. You just have to understand the Rambam. Your job is not to answer the Rambam. Understand the Rambam. You understand the Rambam, everything will make sense. Oftentimes, a small variation 
לא של משפט, not of a whole sentence, לא של מילה, not even of a word, אלא של אות אחת בלבד. even just one letter. ובה מתיישבים הרבה קושיות. Many questions are answered. ונעלמים הרבה פלפונים. And many arguments and analytical discussions disappear. לדוגמה, here we're going to give an example. כסמי בימי הרמב״ם. You could do it on your phone. Go to Hichot Avodah Zarah. You go to Sevaria. So you go to Sefaria, you click Mishneh Torah, you click Halakha, Mishneh Torah, then you go to Foreign Worship and Customs of the Nations. That's a fancy word for Abu Dazala. And then you click Chapter 4. So there's a drop-down arrow on the top. You select Chapter 4. Mishneh uh, Torah, foreign worship, and something else. It's in the beginning, the first. Yes, then you click. You drop down menu, chapter four. Yeah. What are we talking about? What's an ir hanidachat? Sedushas of what? This is basically a whole city of people who are steeped in idol worship that the Jews are commanded to come and destroy and burn the entire city down. So we're talking here about a city of idol worship in Eretz Yisrael while we rule Eretz Yisrael when we conquer Eretz Yisrael, and while we are governing the land of Israel. So there are many halakhot here. Let's go down to halakha yud gimen. Scroll, 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 scroll. Thirteen. פירות המחוברים שבתוכה מותרים. The fruits that are attached to the trees inside of the Ere Nidachat are permitted to eat. שנאמר לגזזן דברים תקבוץ ושרפת. מי שאינו מחוסר אלא קיבוץ ושרפה יצאו פירות המחוברים שהם מחוסרים תלישה וקיבוץ ושרפה. For the said shall gather and shall burn, such should be destroyed as required only gathering and burning. Whereas fruit on the trees require gleaning, gathering, and burning. Vuadin the sar harosh. That's also true about the hair of the head. Ven tzrech lomar heilanot atzman. You don't even have to say the trees themselves shel mutarin that they're permitted. Varihen shel yoshehem, and they belong to their heirs. The hairs belong to their heirs. 
Are this end is important. Hahekdeshot shebetocha kochem mizbeach yamutu. The devoted things inside of the city are dealt with as follows. The devoted animals of the altar should be destroyed. Meaning, if you find their idols, the animals they were going to worship to their idols, those animals have already become idols. And it's forbidden to keep them. The offering of evil people is considered an abomination. What about the things that were devoted already for the repair of the Bede Mikdash? Bede the repair of the Bede Mikdash. They should be redeemed. And then you burn them. Like it says, It says in the Torah, the spoil of it, but not the spoils of heaven. Let's focus on the last sentence. You come to the city and you find animals that were offered or anything that was supposed to be used for idol worship. You destroy it. Why? Because the Kodesh even though it was devoted to a god, it wasn't. It was devoted by evil people. We can't do anything with it. From here should just be advice to all those people who think that it's okay to fundraise and take donations from all kinds of evil people in the world. You don't need that problem. The next thing you come, you find a whole uh, group of things, uh, whatever it was, donations that were intended for the Bed Mikdash in Jerusalem. Because you know, the people sometimes worship more than one God. This is for Kadosh Baruch Hu. What do you do with those things? It says here, Yipadu, we redeem them. And then we burn them. Did you treat the spoils of regular things differently than the spoils of heaven? Think about a few things here. So the things that are meant to be used for idol worship, you destroy them. The things that are meant to be used for worship of Hashem, you redeem them and then you destroy them. Like it says, you should treat the things of the Ben Mikdash different then you treat the things of regular idol worship. But we're treating them the exact same way, with the exception of redeeming them. Correct? Yes. Let's read Rav Kapach inside. Keep your Rambam open. Don't close it. Rav Kapach writes, The Kochei Bedekabayit should be redeemed. And then you burn them. By the way, this is correct. Sofim with the mim at the end. See here? Meaning in this context. The spoils of it, the city, but not the spoils of Shemaim. All of those who are involved in this conversation, they went crazy about the sentence here. These uh, ask questions and these answer questions. From the Ravad, until today. Why do we burn the offerings to Hashem? They're spoils of Hashem. That's what the Torah says, no? Treat the spoils of Hashem differently than the spoils of Avodah Zarah. 
ועוד מה יקרה השללה ולא שאל שמיים. Why you bring this verse that you treat them differently, the spoils of heaven versus the spoils of עבודה זרה? הרי לדבריו אפילו שאל שמיים. According to this Rambam, even though things that belong to Hashem, you destroy them. ואילו אספתי כל מה שנאמר סביב דין זה, יש פה כדי ספר. So if I were to gather all the questions and answers that were discussed in this piece, I could publish another volume of a book just on this sentence in the Rambam. You want to just for an experiment? Look at this. Click the Rambam here in Mishnah Torah. Go to commentary. So now go click on commentaries. And you want to go to the, not the first paragraph, not the second paragraph. Let's keep scrolling. Not the third paragraph. But the fourth paragraph. Yeah. Kesem Mishnah. And then the fourth paragraph of the Kesem Mishnah. I mean the fourth commentary. ועל מה שכתב רבנו. So click on that chapter 13. On chapter 4, Halakha 13. Click on it. Go to commentaries. And then click Kesef Mishne. That's Rabbi Yosef Cairo on the Rambam. That which Rambam writes, then you redeem them and then you burn them. Why do you burn them? These are the spoils of Hashem and they are not prohibited. That's what the Torah says, no? And Maran starts to give an answer. Goes long answer. Trying to make a differentiation between the burning and the killing. Burning versus slaughtering. Look at the next piece. And that which brings a, a proof text from the Pasuk, which says you treat the things that were offered to the Temple differently than those that offered to idol worship. Says, I have no choice but to read this Rambam saying that this verse is not referring to what's written right before it. It comes to prove something earlier in the paragraph. Maran is stuck. And Maran is trying to give an answer. It doesn't seem like we're treating the idol worshipping cows and the cows of the Bede Migdash any different? So now look in Rav Kapachs. Now you can close your Rambam. Look in Rav Kapachs. Because I think now, with this example, you might begin to understand the value of the text of the manuscripts of Yim. Listen carefully. If you don't fall out of your chairs, I'm going to be worried about you. Okay? ובאמת, truthfully, the last three lines of the big paragraph. ובאמת, truthfully, הנוסח הנכון בכתבי יד תימן, the true version in the manuscripts of Yemen says, שורפין אותה. You burn her. What's her? No, don't, don't, I'm burning people, don't worry. עיר הנידחת, is in feminine. Meaning, you go to the city, you remove all of, you destroy all of the things that were meant for idol worship. The things that were meant for the Ben Migdash, for the temple, Yipadu, you redeem them, you take them out. And then, Sofin, not Otam, you don't burn the, the, the things that were meant for the Ben Migdash, you burn Ota, the city. That's what it means, you redeem it. You take everything out, and then you burn the city down to the ground. Without the things of the Ben Migdash inside. And that's why this verse says, you treat the spoils of the city differently than the spoils of the Ben Migdash. 
It's referring to the city itself and not to the spoils of the Bede Mikdash. Two dots in a final mem. Final mem is a square, right? How do you make a hay? You get rid of this one and this one and then you have a hay. Two little extra specks of ink. Those two dots solve the whole problem. All the voices will stop. Everything will return to normal. The peace will break out in the camp of Israel. We solve the problem. The problem is the text of the Rambam that all of our rabbis were using has a mistake. So they worked hard. They spilled ink to try to solve a problem that if only we had a correct edition of the Rambam, we would have a problem. All of the questions, all of the answers are not needed anymore. It's literally one letter. It's not even a letter, it's half a letter. That makes a difference between reading the Rambam clearly and having thousands of questions. Knew you felt I enjoyed it. The Rambam... It's quite serious in terms of the implications of other mistakes turning into mm-hmm. generations of severe deviances. The scarier question, this halakha may be not so relevant for you today. The scarier question is what happens when? What happens when you realize that many, many, many halakhot could all be based off of something that may be a mistake in its origin? What do you do then? Is it tradition? Because that seems to be a modern Jewish value. Or is it truth? Which seems to be an ancient Jewish value. What happens then? Do we throw out the tradition for the truth? Or do we get stuck? Because how dare we read things differently than those who came before us? If they didn't have access to the correct material, it doesn't matter. They have a name for people like you and me, where my wife comes from. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Heretics. <laughs> they didn't have. What do you mean they didn't have? They were... That's the answer. You're going to see in the next year, Alf Kapach is going to show us that Maran himself sometimes wanted to understand things differently. But because an earlier rabbi than him read the Rambam incorrectly, he felt obligated to read the Rambam in the way that the earlier rabbis did. And that sets off a chain reaction throughout history where you find yourself, that's not even what the Rambam said. So what do you do then? What do you do then? If you were to write a book on all the things people do, not the things people do because they know it's wrong, not things people do because there are different opinions, things people do wrong in the Jewish tradition because they're just wrong. They're mistakes. You'd be terrified of what you find out. You're terrified. Do people accept his Jewish now? So he's claiming it's not a commentary, that this is the original text of the Rambam. Will they accept it? Probably not. Because then you'd have to throw away all of the conversations surrounding this topic. You know, there's a famous, there's a famous rule. Keep it simple. I'm going to skip the last S. Just keep it simple. Harapel has always told us, Hapashtut, the truth is the emet. The, simple, the truth is what's simple. The simplest answer to a problem is the truest answer to that problem. Anything that's too complicated, you're complicating to it, it's not the truth. 
there must be something easier than that answer. That answers all the questions simpler. Is it harder to find? Absolutely. But it's so much better to justify something that Rambam says by actually finding an old manuscript that says the correct version than to try to jump through hoops of fire to make your version make sense. This happens so many times in so many places. Could be because of the translation? This is not, tra- this is not a translated book. This is written in Hebrew. No I translation know. here. Yeah. No translation here. It's the purpose of this book. In this book, unlike other books that were in Arabic, this one is in Hebrew. You think there'd be less mistakes. But there are. And sometimes even a mistake in a letter, unlike other mistakes in letters which he skips, there are mistakes in letters which could change the whole meaning the whole meaning of the Rambam himself. I'm going to end here for today. On Monday, we're going to take apart the next paragraph, which is all about other examples like this, not in the Rambam per se, but in other rabbis who could have had a chance to correct something, but chose not to because of a fear. It's a certain, uh, they were crippled by their approach to how they learned halakha. God willing, we'll talk about that next week.